welcome, welcome, welcome to another Ankle Biters podcast where we talk college football from a college fantasy football perspective. I am your host, Tony, a.k.a. Farnsworth. Please hit us up at CFF Nation on the Twitter machine. Let us know what's going on. Interact with us. Indulge us. You know I'm joined by my man, 100 Grand. Owens, what's going on, my guy? My partner, man. How you doing today, bro? Listen, man, it's been a long day for me, but I'm here. We're recording a day late, and it's mm-hmm. my fault. I had an engagement, or at least I thought I had an engagement. Uh-huh. It didn't go down like I wanted it to, but nevertheless, we're here a day late. But that's cool because we're joined by one of my favorite people to follow, to listen to, to talk to, to interact with. Mm -hmm. And he's a Texas fan. He is my (laughs) favorite Texas fan by far. (laughs) My favorite Texas fan. My man, KB, K Hook'em, Kevin Brown. What's going on, my guy? What's going on, Phil? It's good to be back on here, man. I know we, we both kind of took the year off last year when it didn't really get stuff going, but uh, but yeah, we're back here, man. We've had a great season so far. We got a ton to talk about tonight, and uh, and again, like like we was talking about, you know, before the show, I've got nothing but time. So if we got to go a little long, we got to go a little long. I'll be here. That's our modus operandi. It's <laughs> <laughs> to go long. As much as we try to keep it under an hour or an hour and 10, hour and 15, <laughs> it's never even close, man. <laughs> but, it's, but, it's, but it's college football and college fantasy football. What can you say? This is what we love to do. This is what we do pretty much year around, even though Owens and I are not as active on the Twitter handle or on the Twitter machine in the offseason as some of the other guys some of the other guys in the industry are active year around. Right, right. Yeah, they, they hustle. Right. They, I mean, they're they're hustling. They have. I like all sitting out. The, I like sitting out the lake having a beer, man. I, I like sitting out like fishing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, they, yeah. I, mean, I mean, they've got all kinds of material, all kinds of stuff you can look at. Off season material. We're not as active, but we are behind the scenes, no doubt about that. We are waiting on the season to start. We're counting down on the season to start. We just love college football and preferably college fantasy football because college fantasy football makes college football that much more enjoyable. So much intriguing. Yes. Guys, we had a wonderful week this past week. Not as good as the, well, it was as good as the, well, in some cases it was as good as the previous week (laughs) because the previous week, was probably one of the best college football weekends we've ever seen. But right. this week wasn't lacking that much. We had a lot to look at, uh, and we're going to discuss a lot. We're going to look forward to a lot next week. But let's just recap the action of week seven, get into some games, some matchups that we were looking forward to last week. One comes to mind immediately, Iowa versus Purdue. Guys, I think David Bell is still open right now. Uh, yeah, I do. He he about that. <laughs> you know, that was one of my sits that I missed big time on. I'm sitting here, man, with my hands over my face, bro. Like, I mean, because they shut down Dotson the week before. You're thinking, I know Bell can't do nothing, man. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, and you don't, go, you don't want to do the year by year thing because he lit them up last year. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, that, that was the COVID year. Right. What factored into that? Was anything COVID related factoring into that light up, quote, uh, you know, air quotes with uh, air quotes there? And and David Bell's like, nah. Nope. No, I'm just that that was good. 11 for 240 and one. Yeah. That's a big. Big big week. It's going to be uh, he's he's definitely when he's been on the ball field, he has definitely lived up to the hype. You know, I'm I'm about halfway through doing a study on how important the 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 the, the CFF draft actually is, and mm-hmm. David Bell is definitely a guy that was worth every bit of a first round pick, even though he's missed a couple games due to uh due to the injury and due due to being out. But he's been dynamite on the field. Oh man, in this game alone, like you said, I mean, you just gave the stats. 11 for 240 and a touchdown. Ridiculous against this Iowa defense that no doubt thrives on turnovers. Weren't getting any here, really. I mean, they did turn the ball over Iowa. Yeah, they were doing a turning over. Spencer Petras, (laughs) four (laughs) picks on the day. Tyler Goodson couldn't get going because Spencer Petras Petras turning the ball over. Turning the ball over. He really couldn't get going. Iowa got Thumped in this game. I'm talking about <laughs> at home. At, at listen at Kinnick Stadium, uh, Purdue went in there with a different mindset and laid the wood to Iowa. 24-7 was the final. Again, David Bell, man, have yourself a day. 464 total yards of offense. I mean, and this wasn't even uh Jack Plummer. This is Aiden O'Connell. Right. right, going for three seventy five and two, and take taking care of the ball while doing it. Right, what a performance by the Boilermakers, man! Going into Kinnick Stadium, Purdue's riding high, beating Penn State like they did. Uh, uh, you know, granted, it was with the backup quarterback is when they really went off. But Purdue comes in here. Jeff Brom has his team ready. Knocks Iowa out of the top ten. But again, one of the games uh, that, that 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 everybody was looking at, Kentucky and Georgia, guys. What do you think about this game? Man, Kentucky, you know, it kept it close early. I was actually uh, shocked. You know, I mean, they played good defense early. Man, it was like, you know, fourteen or seven. You know, uh, nice. You know, good defensive game, which is what I thought it was going to be at first. You know, but. Man, them dogs, they opened up. <laughs> it's like I said, I saw the lead, lead stretch. I said, Yeah, it's over. It's over. Because Kentucky don't have that much offer. They can't score on Georgia's defense, like to try to catch up. They're just too, they're just too, yeah, there's just too much talent on the Georgia side of the defense. Yeah. You know, I mean, Kentucky, just the way that they recruit, you know, it's you can only you can only keep pushing for so long before. That their next their next rotation of defensive linemen are another set of four and five star athletes coming out of school, and you're these two and three star kids, and not all two and three star kids are end up having to play Kentucky and, and never have a good career. But but it's just it's it's the way that they've built that team, and I'm I'm one of the biggest Georgia haters out there, especially on the offense side of the ball. I'm pretty open mm. about 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 where where uh, what I think about it, but their defense is absolutely dominant this year, and Kentucky is a good team. But their defense is absolutely dominant, and their offense is doing is doing enough 
to keep to keep them scoring. As long if they can score thirty points in a game, they're going to beat anybody in the country. I don't care who they are. Yeah. Right. And that's and and so far Stetson Bennett, whether it's JT Daniels, and it's looking like he's. I'm not. There's there's always some drama there with with JT Daniels and between him and Stetson Bennett, but it seems like either one of them are going to be able to do that job. They're going to be able to get them down the field enough to score 28, 31 points, and they're going to beat anybody they play with that defense that, that good. Absolutely, man. I totally agree with the both of you. Totally agree with the both of you. Um, I would say this, though. Mark Stoops, I believe he's probably doing more with his talent than Kirby Smart is doing with his talent. I will oh, I say couldn't. that. I don't disagree yeah. with you there. Because the disagree. roster at Georgia is A+. plus. They're top five almost right. every single year in recruiting, and they recruit defense first. Right. Um, the uh, defensive tackle, number 99, Jordan, I forgot his last name. He's, he's in the Heisman race, and rightfully so. He should be in the Heisman race. The dude is a freaking monster. Yes. The dude is a freaking beast. Like you said, 30 points a game, they're probably winning that game. Probably 90, 95% of the time they're winning that game because they're just not giving up more than 20 points a game. I mean, more than 15 points a game. Yeah, it doesn't look not. like it. But let me, ask, to- let me ask you guys a question that just popped into my head. Do you think Alabama's dominance has ruined it for other coaches out there? Because let's, let's be real here. Georgia has been dominant over the past, what, seven, seven years or so? Five years? Mm-hmm. How long has Kirby been there? About that long, Kyle. About five uh, years. He was playing in the Rose Bowl. Uh, what was that? Baker, what was that, 2018, 2017, something yeah, like that? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll, we'll say yeah. four or five years. But let's let's look at what they've done. I mean, they've been to playoffs. They've been to national champions. They've been to SC championships. And just because, just because they haven't won a national championship, because, you know, guys, I agree with you guys. It's, it's like he's not doing enough, but – does the is the fact that Alabama's run off whatever however many championships they've run off in the past fifteen years? Does their success kind of make Kirby Smart's success as a head coach kind of uh, shadowed? Because if you really look at it, Kirby Smart's dominated mm-hmm. as a head coach, and he's just he's not getting any credit for it. And you know, and I'm I'm one of the first ones that wants to poke you know and poke the bear and you know rile up a bunch of Georgia fans, but it's uh. I think he's getting overlooked for this, just the simple fact that he's not won a championship whenever because Nick Saban set the bar so incredibly high. The 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 level of success expected now is almost unattainable outside of Nick Saban right now. It's the, it's the it's the it's it's almost like the Jordan factor. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. All those guys were good during the Jordan era era. But you gotta go but through they couldn't them. win anything because he was there. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Charles Barkley's of the world, the Patrick Ewing's of the world, right? John right. Stockton's, Carmelo's, go. All, I mean, all those guys are Hall of Fame guys, but they couldn't win anything because he was yep. there. Same thing right. with Nick Saban. Yep. Kirby Smart is recruiting his butt off again. Top five class almost all the time. I mean, that one year I forgot which year it was. He had Nick Saban right where he wanted him. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he just... comes off the bench. Throwing bombs to Devonte Smith, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just, I just, uh, as as much, it just popped in my head as soon as you said that if he was doing two, the, the the you know, uh, less with more, you know, it made me start thinking how much less is he really doing at in the in the grand scheme of things. I can tell you one thing: if the Texas Longhorns were having the same type of success Georgia's having right now, I wouldn't be about to to to, to piss and moan about him here in just a minute. I promise you that. 
<laughs> Absolutely. A lot of teams would die for that level of success. Yeah. But, again, Georgia fans mad at Kentucky for that last touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> See, there was, there was no way they weren't going to try to score that because they're There's not going no they're not, they're not to keep Georgia's defense looking, you know, incredible. They're going to do everything they can to poke holes in that ship. Oh, yeah. Sabotage it, no doubt about it. Mississippi versus Tennessee, KB. I know you're going to get into this a little bit yeah, earlier. Yeah. I mean, a little bit later. But what a game, man. What yeah, a I'll game. Let you, I'll let you guys go on this, and I'll have my talk about it in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you go. You're going to both think later on about this. And rightfully so, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Stay tuned, audience. KB is going uh, he's gonna, he's gonna go on a little rant there. But this game was this game was um not as much as I or other people anticipated because we were touting this game. The over and under of this game was like 80 plus points. Yeah, right. 82 and a half on at kickoff. Right. 82 and a half at kickoff. Mm-hmm. And with both quarterbacks being hobbled toward the end of that game, it kind of threw a wet rag, you know, a little, a little bit of a damper on that yeah. game. Matt Corral didn't really go off. Again, I'll get into this uh, a little bit later about what he was able to do. But, Owens, what do you think about this game, man? Man, like you said, it wasn't what I expected it to be. I mean, I, after the first quarter, you're thinking 10 to 9? Like, really? You know, because I'm thinking it's going to be like, Oh, Miss Arkansas, you know, I'm, just, I'm thinking it's supposed to be, you know, guns blazing, you know, defense at home, sleeping, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, this is supposed to be a shootout. You, if you got fantasy players in this game, put them in, put them in, like start them, all of them. Whoever you got, put them in. You're supposed to get, you know, hooked up, you know, man. <laughs> bro, man, 10 to 9 at the end of the first quarter. <laughs> my God. You know what I mean? Like, where's what the is offense? going on? Where is the offense? Like, the defense, y'all the ones supposed to be at home. The offense stayed at home. But anyway, it was it was crazy, man. And like you said, they it was both really the offense came through the quarterbacks. I mean, like Corral, you know, he did a little bit on the ground. Actually, did all the all the groundwork. You know, Hooker did all the groundwork. And then, like I said, the passing yesterday, two quarterbacks did was was pretty much most of the offense. Absolutely. But, How I mean, about Joe Milton? <laughs> Holding yeah. that ball at the end of that game. This is probably the dumbest play I've ever seen ever in my life. It's tough. The guy is holding <laughs> the ball. Yeah. It's, Dude, it's, you're not going to run it in the end zone 20 yards out. Yeah, he's like he's, he's nine yards past of, the line of scrimmage, still looking to pass no. and still kind of hopping around. It was pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It, the fact that he stepped out of bounds. Yeah, what are you doing? Man, that's just that's just a moment that got too big for a kid. You know, that's all yeah, it was. Absolutely, man. Throw the ball into the end zone. Who cares if you throw a pick? But I will tell you, for, for most of the game, it was the most exciting low-scoring game I've ever watched. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed the hell out of watching the game. I, I, I really did. It was I watched most of it until right there toward the end. But but again, we'll right. get we'll get into that later. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Guys. Kev, your Longhorns. Man, it's it's just another just. So before the show, I was telling you guys that I've I've, I've kind of settled into this this uh, this mode of where you know the Texas Longhorns sucking on defenses. I've kind of went numb to it because it's been so long since we've actually had a good reputable defense. 
And uh, and I got sucked alone, in. Brother. I got sucked yeah. in just for a second before that Red River game, and it and they smacked me back down into my place. So, I mean, it's just it's what Texas has been doing for the past what is it eight or nine years? It's been a been a very good offense with a even worse defense. I mean, record setting worse defenses in like school history stuff. And uh, and I don't know why there was Texas fans out there that thought we had a legitimate shot about going to a playoff in Sark's first year, about about realistically, we could still maybe do it, but realistically def, 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 uh, competing for a Big 12 championship. The offense has never been the problem. We keep hiring these offensive head coaches to, to, to score more points. It doesn't make a damn how many points we score if we give up 60. So – and I'm not saying Sark's not the right guy for the job. I love where the, where, where the offense is at, and I think we got some players that are really going to make some noise over the next couple of years. But And d- your defense can't be fixed in six games. I'm not naive enough to think that. But for the people out there that, that were, they were, they were setting themselves up for failure this year. Uh, and maybe for next year, I don't. I, it's going to take a few years, in my opinion, to be able to get a defense to compete with these types of offenses that's in the Big 12 and to not have to win shootouts to be able to go in and be able to win a game, you know, what, 28 to 21, just a just a regular old game and not have to be some 55 to 48 shootout. Absolutely. But the problem <laughs> is for the both of us is we don't get that Big 12 play no. here any much longer. We do not. We do not. And if We're, you're going if you're going to go step into the ring with the big kids and it's as bad as I hate to say that out loud in a recorded recorded session, so it can be used against me later on. Uh, <laughs> you're going to step up. Uh, yeah, you're going to step up with the big boys. You you can't you can't give up sixty points to them because then you're going to get your ass beat sixty to twenty two. You know you're yeah, going to get true. you're going to get destroyed. You know it's not oh, going to. There's oh, no. Go, yeah, go ahead. There's not going to be any winning those shootouts. You know. Oh no. Oh, George, George is not giving that. up sixty five. Oh, you experienced that against LSU. Yeah. Yes, they did. And it, it's no joke. I mean, it's it's again, just a it's just a different level of talent out there. In, in in the big in the grand scheme of things, it's just look at the NFL right now. Absolutely. It's it's it's, it's 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 kids it's kids from Georgia, Alabama, LSU, SEC schools. I mean, big yep. time. I mean, you got you got your handfuls, but you get one or two schools out of every other conference that's a consistent contributor to NFL. You've got four or five in the SEC every single year. Elite talent coming out of there, and uh, it stings me to say that. It hurts my pride to, to you know feel like I'm rolling over there. But if if you expect to win with the defenses that both Texas and Oklahoma has in the SEC, you, you you're going to you're setting yourself up for a lot of heartache. I promise you that. Yes, <laughs> sir. Guys, a yes, question: sir. Are you going to chant SEC? Absolutely. I, all right. Hey, I know man. I've let. I, I had to catch myself there. Hold on a second. I've let a, I've let a couple of curse words go, and I'm, I'll clean that up. I won't do that no more. But I'll tell you what, you almost let me let let rip on one there. Absolutely not. The fact the fact that the fans were chanting SEC outside of of Dallas, outside of the Cotton Bowl, it makes me want to like punch a hole in a wall. I we we have made fun of people for doing that, just riding the coattails of Alabama and whatever. You know, LSUs are out there because yeah. I, I'm from Tennessee, boys. I know what it's like. I got Tennessee fans all around me chanting, this is SEC football. It means more. What do you mean it means more? You just got beat by 45 by Alabama. 
Right. Just because they're good, it doesn't make you good. Look, right. you got me on another rant. Right? I got to calm down. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> you got, him, got him fired up. <laughs> got him fired up. <laughs> That'll fire any Man. Big 12 about to be former Big 12 fan because, like you said, we have made fun of the yeah. SEC guys. You got the the Vanderbilts and the oh. uh, you know the South Carolinas. Oh my you know, SBC, what have you done? What yeah, have you nothing. done? You haven't done anything. Well, you won't catch me SEC. ever saying it. Listen, speaking of SEC, Florida, LSU, Owens, what you think? Oh, my gosh, man. Listen, Terry and Davis Price, Davis Price, Davis Price. <laughs> As I mean, he's still running. I mean, listen, man, we lit up Kentucky last week. You know, for 147 and two, but I was just like, okay, that was a shocker because you know Kentucky got pretty good defense. I'm thinking, all right, like man, you discussed it, you know, like yeah, if he did it against them, Florida better look out. And sure enough, man, 36 carries for 287 and three. Brother, just imagine having that in your in the game, mm. in your your fantasy team, bro. Look, 287 and three. So you don't know a funny story about that number right there? Yes, sir. Before Darius Geis got in all of the crap that he got into and had his records broken, <laughs> he set that record against Texas A&M in championship weekend sitting in this guy's lineup. So you're sitting there saying that? I got to actually have it happen in real life, and I beat the absolute breaks off of my best friend. I want to say he had 64 points or something like that with all of our bonuses that we got set up. I mean, I absolutely throttled him. So whenever, whenever, whenever he set that record the other night, I was like, "Hey, I remember exactly where I was standing when he scored his last touchdown." Like, I, I, I got to experience that; it was great, bro. Just like I last, what I was doing, yeah, you like, what I was doing. I was beating the brakes off of you. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like last year, I had old passing the game against against Tone. When, yeah. he, when he scored eight touchdowns, <laughs> I'm looking at this guy's face. Playoff semifinals, Patterson goes bananas. That's tough, man. That's tough. I've been on the receiving side too. I've been on there the receiving side. There was nothing I could do. No, right. man. No, you just you just chalked it up eight as a touchdowns. Cost. Yeah, he beat you it by himself. Like, like Kent State refused <laughs> to play run defense. <laughs> they refused it. <laughs> oh man. All right, guys, let's get into our biggest winners. We are sucking on our time right now, but that's okay. We suck at time around here. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> make a this podcast. Yes, we do. <laughs> just in case you didn't know. Just a little just a little info for you to, to, to warn you. Biggest winners for the week. Owens, what you got, man? Man, I think it was Cincinnati, man. And it and it was, you know, they keep winning. Um, and I'm saying Cincinnati because Iowa lost, which is another team they don't have to worry about, you know, as, as they push forward to try to make the playoffs. So, um, you know, Iowa's lost, man. Like I said, it helped Cincinnati a lot, man. They, all they got to do is keep winning. And uh, we'll see how the, the chips fall, man. And they play a little bit. Yeah. They need to watch out for SMU. Yeah. I got the game circled in the future. Yep. KB, what you think, man? Biggest winners for the week. Man, I'm actually going to give you guys a pat on the back. You know, the biggest winner are the Oklahoma fans for from at least an offensive perspective. I mean, you you, you got the right guy in there playing. You're, you you lit up the scoreboard. Uh, you actually had to 
to to do a little bit extra because the defense kind of lets you down. We, we can get on that here in a little bit, but the offense looked great. Caleb Williams looks like a freaking superstar back there, man. And uh, and just to, you know, humble brag here, he was my my last round pick in my home keeper league. So I get to keep that for the next three years, man. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> oh, I got him too. That's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Listen, guys, I'm going to go with David Bell. <sighs> KB already <laughs> rattled off the stats. This is ridiculous. He's still open right now. <laughs> yes, he is. He is still open <laughs> right now for what he did to Iowa. I'm thinking, like Owens, Owens, you start, you uh, sat him in that game. Yeah. I did. And you've already confessed the biggest miss of the year. <laughs> yes, the biggest miss of the year. Yeah. 11 catches for 240, 240 receiving yards and a touchdown. At mm. what point does the defense say, okay, we've got to stop this guy? 240 I mean, I, yeah. yards. At that point, you can't. You can't. They can't say it because they obviously can't do it. After the first six, when they had that sixty-yard touchdown, they should have been saying it right then. They just, they just, they were <laughs> yeah. just, they were just out schemed. You know, they had a perfect scheme for David Belcone in there. He was wide butt naked open. Yes, he was all yeah. the time. I mean, he was he was like CD Lamb open versus Texas open. All right, boys, he was super, <laughs> super open. It was it was great to watch. Man, the next guy in line had eight catches, but for only 48 yards. David Bell averaged 21, almost 22 yards a catch, guys. It's incredible, ten, man. Ten That's up. ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. You need a, you, you need a bye week after that beating. You ain't lying. You lick your wounds for about a week, get back to the, <laughs> to the, to the, to the drawing board, and, and you know what I mean? Get your confidence up. What defense would have confidence after a performance like that. But that's my winner for the week. David Bell, wide receiver for the Purdue Boilermakers. Biggest losers. Owens, what you got, man? Man, I, I just spoke the same situation. I just spoke about it. Iowa, man. Iowa, sitting in, they was in a good spot at number two. All they had to do was pretty much went out, man, and they would have been a, had a good spot in the playoffs, man. I think they're done. I think their chances are done after this loss. I think I was done. 100%. I agree. KB, what you think? Uh, for me, it's Emory Jones and Spencer Rattler. You know, I mean, uh, I've, I've not heard anything concrete on Emory Jones where they'll be starting, but every time Anthony Richardson has stepped on the field, he has outplayed Emory Jones. And it's and it's like it's been laughable, in, at least in my opinion, laughable that Emory Jones was still the starting quarterback, even though he had good games along the way. You know, he played a couple of good games where he was a legit fantasy option. He was a, he looked like a, a prospect at quarterback, but Anthony Richardson is a monster out there, man. I mean, big playability written all over him. Um, I mean, as soon as he come into that game, you know, it was touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And it's just one of those things to where, you know, in a Dan Mull in, 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 in that offense, like, let's go, baby. Let's, that, that gives you some real, like, like Dak Prescott, you know Nick Mull, uh, uh, Nick Fitzpatrick that can throw the ball down the field. Let's go, baby! Absolutely, Fitzgerald, uh, Nick Fitzgerald, who, yeah, the big quarterback. Was it Fitzgerald? Running. Did I say Fitzpatrick? Fitzgerald. Yeah. Fitzgerald. Well, you got the Fitz part right. I got the Fitz. I knew I was, I was in that ballpark. I was, I was rolling. 
that's all, man. That's okay. Owens probably butchered more names than you than you have ever dreamed of. <laughs> Show you right. <laughs> Show you right. Listen, man. I'm gonna go with Ed or Jerron. Mm. <laughs> My wife's over here laughing. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a really good one. That's Listen, that's a good one. <laughs> the guy nice. got fired pretty much before the game started. Yeah, and then it's gonna let him ride out his job the rest of the season. Get out of here! <laughs> yeah, man, that, that, how ridiculous is that? I mean, they call it a mutual separation. What is that? What is that? Yeah, a mutual separation. The guy pretty much gets clipped before the game starts. Win the game. And it doesn't change the mind. <laughs> and, and you know what it is? I think it, I think it really is the fact that he's become such a personality down there. Yeah, you know he's he's a yeah. Cajun guy that you know through and through to his core. You know he's yeah. a, he's a personality in the in the community kind of thing and around that college. So I think he, they want to give him some give him some grace. You know he did yeah. he did help Absolutely. bring. He didn't have a lot to do with it, but he, you know, Joe Brady yeah. brought it. But uh, but he did he did head coach a team that won a national championship. Well, so, I mean, right, it's, it's right. <laughs> I am on I am on record for calling him Gene Chizik 2.0. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. He took a generational talent. Well, the generational talent made him look good. I remember when Gene Chizik was at, was at Iowa State. He leaves Iowa State to go to Auburn. He's getting off the plane. I remember the video. He's getting off the yep. plane. And the Auburn fan behind the fence is yelling, 5 and 19. 5 and 19. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he's like, this is what you hired. 5 and yeah, 19. 19. It was super it's controversial. Auburn. I remember that. He gets Cam Newton, goes to the national championship, wins the national championship because of Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Cam Newton leaves. Gene Chizik stinks again. Right back down. Same thing with Ed Orgeron. He inherits uh, Joe Burrow, who had a mediocre year in 2018, kind of did some things toward the end of the year. Comes into 2019, they get Joe Brady. The stars are lined. Dave Aranda is a hot defensive coordinator. They've always had top-notch wide receivers coming out of LSU. Mm -hmm. They put together a run that – Pretty much, they are one of the greatest teams in college football history. Wins the national championship with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow leaves. Jamar Chase opts out. Justin Jefferson leaves. Dave Aranda leaves and goes to Baylor. Joe Brady leaves to the NFL, back to the NFL. Ed Orgeron stinks again. <laughs> Coincidence. Yeah. Gene Chizik yeah. 2.0. Gene Chizik all over again. And it's not just Ed Orgeron. I'm going to couple someone else with this. Nick Rolovich, guys. The news comes out today, hmm. Monday evening. He's out at Washington State. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get the grace that Orgeron gets. You out of here, buddy. Midway through the season, we're not going to even let you finish the season. Deuces. You got to get out of here. <laughs> national, championship, national championship brings a whole lot of grace. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I don't know if it was just the play on the field, the piss poor play on the field by LSU, or was it the off-field shenanigans that kind of push push the LSU uh big wigs over the ledge concerning Ed Orgeron? Right. Because apparently there are some reports coming out about off-field situations. 
I've heard some just just some silly stuff. <laughs> just some, just some silly stuff. I mean, his girlfriend's got her kids at the practice, and they're <laughs> he just having a good time. Grilled. He's just having a good time, boys. Come on, <laughs> just having a good time. But those, I mean, that's my loser for the week. Losers for the week. Ed Orgeron slash Nick Rolovic. Guys, let's look into a week eight preview. Our first game, we get Coastal Carolina undefeated versus App State. App State coming off uh, absolute drumming <laughs> from <laughs> Louisiana Lafayette. Man, this what a used to be a decent rival because App State owned the Sun Belt. Yeah, yes, they they're did. no longer the bullies on the block, guys. There no. are they are the bullied now. Yes, Louisiana Lafayette thumps that <clears throat> noggin. Now they get the best team, I believe, in the Sun Belt in Coastal. What do you guys think about this game? Go ahead. Okay, so, uh, so I mean, when it comes to Coastal Carolina, I mean, they're 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 rolling, right? I mean, they're they got a tight end that 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 could start for most most teams in the league. He's always open, and man, the, the, you know, the complaint and uh, nag could always be made that he plays in the, the Sun Belt, and that's what you get. Well, that's okay. He's surrounded by other Sun Belt players too. You know, at the at the end of the day, and this kid is absolutely balling out. Uh, it's kind of tough to pick out which running back that you're liking the most from Coastal Carolina because of the 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 fun. I mean, and I don't know how many games you guys have actually watched, but they run a fun offense to watch. They run like an old school pitch option, but out of the shotgun. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's it's really enjoyable. So it's a uh, and then App State, you know, for for weeks they had Corey Sutton and and Hennigan going off, you know, having a, having big having big games, and then you know last week they all really kind of kind of crapped the bed on on App State. So I'd like to see App State bounce back a little bit, make it a little bit of a game, but give me Coastal though. I wonder what you think, man. Man, I man, I'm I'm with you, uh, man. I I like App State, you know, I do like them. Uh, they they like I said they've been dominant, man, for. The, past what 10 years or so man listen i just want to see a good game man like like show me some defense happy state show me some defense can can you look a little bit like you you know like you know how to play like you used to play no defense? no don't show oh, defense. You, you don't you don't want that I'm thinking about starting grayson mccall this week oh, no man hey no man, defense. i just, just want to see a good game man like i mean just show me something I don't want to. I don't want to shoot out. Like I don't want to beat down. I, I just want a good game. You know, show me some good football. I want a shootout. You want to? <laughs> I'm Give starting Grayson McCall this week. I'm starting Grayson McCall. Uh, you starting week in our home league? Uh, I need a shootout. You need a shootout. I hear you. At least a shootout. Yeah, Appy State's not what they used to be. Certainly no, not. No, definitely. They are not. down several notches, and Coastal is coasting. <laughs> Right now with Grayson McCall. Guys, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Oklahoma State's ranked, what are they, number nine in the country right now? Undefeated, 6-0. and Iowa State, they've lost a couple games. But they've still got something to play for, right? Yep. They've still got something to play for. Uh, Oklahoma State going to Ames, Iowa. Nah, that's what I was about to ask. Who's at home? I was just looking that up. Uh, Ames, this is – this is, tough. A, this is a scary game right here for Oklahoma State. This is I a agree. Oklahoma State. They lose this type of game more often than they don't. I agree. You know, they'll, they'll be in a perfect situation. They got to go on the road in a tough environment. And, and let's face it, Iowa State's no world beater, but 
it is tough to play at, especially if it's at nighttime in Ames. But Ames, Ames is a tough place to play. They'll be, there be a, they can be difficult to play at home. So it's going to be, it's going to be something serious out there. Yeah. KB, while you bring that up about this is the type of game that they lose. If you guys remember a few years ago, I think Oklahoma State was like number two or three in the nation. This was the Justin Blackman year. I yeah. remember that. No, this yep. that's when Brandon Whedon was playing quarterback. Yeah. I, all they, I all they had to do was beat Iowa State. Yep. I remember and that. They were more than likely going to be in, in the talks. national championship. Yeah. The national yeah. championship yeah. game. The yes. National championship game. Yes. They go to Ames, Iowa and get beat. Yeah, they were no, sorry was, too. They, they was I they was sorry that year too. Yeah. I watched State. I watched every I was play State. That game. Yeah, Iowa State was horrible that year. Yeah. I watched every play of that game and I will never forget. And that's and that's something that sticks with you. It's just like when West Virginia lost to Pittsburgh a couple years, you know, back in you know oh four, oh five, whenever they were number two in the country and they essentially had a shoe in for the national championship and they get beat in a rivalry game. This is just one of those places. It this is setting up for Oklahoma State. They got to stay focused. If they don't stay focused and, and keep feeding Warren the ball and keep and keep the game under control, because this is a game where Spencer Sanders is going to lose it for him if they try to let him do it. Exactly. You took the words yeah, right exactly. out of my mouth, man. Yes. I was going to say exactly. if, if Iowa State ever had an advocate, <laughs> it's Spencer Sanders. Yeah, absolutely. Guy is a walking turnover. Yes, he is. And he 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 he's he, he's been known to have good games here and there, but. But he's one of those guys that's like a ticking time bomb. I mean, a perfect example or example of the NFL comp to him right now is Jameis Winston. You may get a couple of good games here or there, but you may get a five interception game to where it just goes way off the rails. Yes, when it's bad, Quick. it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> Quick and it and it and it gets bad pretty quickly. Nevada yeah. Fresno State, guys. I like this game. Should be a lot of offense in this game. Jake Hayner coming off his worst game of the years. Yes. Statistically, of course, you've got Jay Norvell in the high-flying air raid, Nevada Wolfpack. Um, it should be a lot of points scored in this game. The thing about Nevada is you don't know which Nevada you're going to get, which is somewhat like Fresno State. You would think that Jake Hayner would be more consistent. I know Owens is frustrated with Ronnie Rivers right now. Yes. But will Nevada run the ball? Won't they run? I mean, what's the deal with these two teams, Nevada and Fresno State? I think it's going to be a shootout, man. If you look at Carson Strong, man, the last last couple games he went 377, 395. One game was for six touchdowns, last game for two touchdowns. The dude is, dude is coming on, man. Like, he's starting to get into a little groove or whatever. Like, the first, I mean, uh, what was it, two games prior to that, I mean, he didn't look too good, but – I said these last two games, he's hitting his stride, man, and it's right in time for this little shootout with Fresno State. I think Hayner's going to bounce back, man. I think uh, Hayner and Cropper, man, that, that combo, man, uh, man, I think they're going to get at least a couple, two or three touchdowns, man. I, I do. I just see a shootout in this game. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think, uh, I think we got to keep ourselves in check when it comes to recency bias and and how bad Hayner and Cropper and company kind of sucked it up last weekend. Me yeah. being me being a Hayner and Cropper stack owner in in a league like I it, it's it, I looked I whenever Woo! whenever I opened up yeah whenever I opened up my lineup this week I looked at it and I was like I'm benching your ass and I thought 
don't you do that. Don't you this do guy's, it. This guy's been great every single week. He's allowed to have one. Stuff happens, right? Yeah. Uh, that if, if it wouldn't surprise me if this isn't, you know, uh, one of those 49, 47, 49, 45 type shootouts, especially so. if I'm not mistaken, it's on later in the evening, right? You guys know what time it comes on? Um, it is either, either, either way. If this is one of those late night games, yeah, this 6 is going to be, yeah. So this is going to be one of those games where you can watch, you're going to watch, you know, a hundred point scored kind of thing. Uh, that may oh, be I'm a little aggressive. But it's uh, but it's going to be fun to watch this one. I I, I can almost guarantee it. Right. Painter and Fresno State will bounce back. Yes, like 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 you said, it's it's starting to your the Nevada offense is finally starting to get to rolling. I mean, last week Cole Turner with twelve catches for a buck seventy five. I think he had seventeen targets or something like that. Right. Uh, I mean, they're starting to feed that guy to a to Toa Tua uh, had another two <laughs> touchdown game. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this game big time. Oh yeah, absolutely, Kev. You like this Pitt and Clemson game? So, so not so not really. It's it's kind of gross, you know. At the end of the day, but this is the first time you know Clemson's been a uh, an underdog in ACC play since 2014. Those guys have been dominant for a long, long time, and it's to the point to where they're uh, they're just falling off the wagons really, really freaking far, right? So. You know, Pitt, like I said, Pitt's favorite Pitt's offense has actually been really fun to watch. You know, this game a few years ago, I remember it being like 77 to 7 or something like that. So uh, I'm looking forward to, for Pitt to get a, get, a, get a little extra win here. I think Pitt actually actually does win, and uh, I think Clemson is going to be in uh, in tough shape. Man, my man KB is calling the dub for Pitt, for the yep. Pitt Panthers. There, I, I mean, I, I know Clemson is by far the best defense they'll play all season long. But their offense, Kenny Pickett has has been riding a, riding a lightning bolt, baby, and he is he's got if he can just just score a couple times because I'm not worried about Clemson's offense almost at all. I mean, Listen, you score Mark 21 Whipple, points, you can win that game. Absolutely, yeah. Mark Whipple has Kenny Pickett looking like uh, first round pick, man. First yes. round pick, man, with this offense. Yes, um, and he's got Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison's cooking right now. Uh, Clemson gets lit up by Devin Leary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He gets lit up by Devin Leary, yeah. and we think Kenny Pickett, who has been hot all year, isn't going to go into that game and have a good game. Kev, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm with him, too. It's just shock. It, it, it's shocking to hear ourselves say. Yeah, yeah we're saying it out loud. Out you know? loud on a podcast. And we're serious about it, and we have facts and data to support our position. And what are we, two years removed from a national championship appearance? Two for years removed, one year removed from a generational talent right. in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Clemson finally started getting the recruiting classes that their play on the field would seem to reflect because they didn't have top-gen recruiting classes when Dabo first started winning. They didn't. They just started getting that the past couple of years, and now they look completely different. They yes. look completely different. I mean, the defense is still good, but DJU is is he he's thinking it up right now. I think the offensive line's a major major issue for him. It's he doesn't. Major, have, yes, they yes, are is. very very Florida State esque. Yeah, right now. and that's uh, you know, that's that's something that happened. 
to, to that happens to a lot of teams whenever they fall off the wagon. It, it seems like it goes at the offensive line spot. Yes, sir. You know, it's 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 that important, especially if you're going to be playing big kid football and playing for national championships. You got to have the big boys up front because I don't care how good your quarterback is, if he's you know picking dirt out of his face mask every every time he drops back, there's no way. Yeah, and, no and, way. and he's playing. He's playing like that too. He's playing like he's going to get hit every time he drops back. So I think I think that's affecting his you know the accuracy you know a lot. So because he does get hit a lot, <laughs> you know what I mean he's yeah. like. It's crazy. Um, it is affecting his accuracy and his psyche. Yes. No doubt about it. The trust factor isn't there. as you, It seemed to be the case with Spencer Rattler and OU's offensive line, but that just wasn't the case when we saw Caleb Williams come in. The offense just looks completely different. I don't want to sidetrack there, but that's just right, right, right. what I see. So, Kevin, let me ask you a question. And Kevin, if I told yeah. you – if I told you – Week five, week six, man, Clemson wouldn't be ranked in the top 25 coming into oh, the year. Dude. What would you say? No way. I'd, I'd, I'd have made fun of you. You know, I mean, I would have I would have lost respect for you guys. I'd have had to quit listening to the show, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm, I mean mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. but no, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. You. I mean, it's a uh, – I was talking to a good friend of mine, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, this – to me, like from an extreme standpoint, this feels like that 05 Michigan season where they lost to Appalachian State. On that uh, that blocked field goal, and that was a that Armani was Armani Rogers. Yeah, that was a program altering game right there. Right, you know, right. they're number five in the country coming mm-hmm. in, national mm-hmm. championship contenders, playing an FCS school, mm-hmm. gets beat, and they have not been relevant since then. Not really. They've had a couple good seasons until they played Ohio State, but they've not been in a national champ like a real national championship talk since then. And, you know, I don't want to pull the rug out from under right now, but if they can't string together a couple really good wins toward the end of the season, this may be – this may it, – it could have a, it could have a longer impact than just this season is what I'm saying. I don't want to go out and say that they're not going to – they're going to turn into Michigan over the next 10 years, but it's going to be a tough road for them. Absolutely. I remember that year. I remember that game. It was right before Appy State made the transition. Yep. They were still into, FCS. Uh, FBS, yeah, they were still FCS, and there's Armani Rogers and all those guys uh in that in that in that game. But Owens, Oregon, UCLA. You like this game? I like the game, man, because it has conference championship implications in it because Oregon has one loss in the conference, and also does UCLA. Um Utah playing good, you know, right now. Um, I think uh, also Arizona State. I mean, it, it can go to uh, Oregon State. I mean, all, all, any one of these teams, you know, with one loss. But this one is huge, man. I, I think, um, you know, with 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 Verdell going down, uh, die looks good. But it's going to be a tough – it's going to be tough sledding, man, because UCLA only giving up about 91 yards, rushing yards per game. Um, and – and with that being the case, can uh, can they lean on the quarterback? I mean, I don't think that <laughs> that he's that type of guy, man, to uh, to be able to just lead them on down the field without a running game. Um, I don't know, but then but then on the on, on the flip side, you look at um, UCLA, and it's like. Uh, Come on, man. <laughs> His quarterback, DTR, is, is kind of like, uh, 
he was sometimey as well. You know what I mean? Very inconsistent. <laughs> Very inconsistent. But I mean, like I said, man, whoever wins this game, man, I think, uh, like I said, uh, conference championship implications, man, I think it's really big. I think the with that on the line, I think it's going to be a hard fought game. Um, but I'm I'm interested to see. Uh, I'm interested to see it. Like I got Charbonnet in that game, so I just don't. I'm not. I'm sitting him, but I, I just want to see how he's going to how he's going to do against Oregon's defense. <laughs> Out of all that he said, y'all. I'm saying. All right, guys, that's it for our college football talk. We are almost 50 minutes in. We suck at time. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, I'm that's about to be. I'm about to be on point, boys. Quick to the point. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> Let's rock and roll. CFF segment is underway. What performances, guys, stood out to you this week as far as? From a CFF standpoint, Owens, what, uh, you, what you got, man? Terry and Davis Price, man, 36 carries, 287 yards, and three touchdowns versus Kentucky. Get you some, Kentucky. He's still running right now. KB. All right, so for me, it's the it's Western Kentucky just in general. They're 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 so fun to watch. They're they're lighting up the scoreboards. Zappy and Stearns as a combo has been absolutely incredible the last three weeks. Uh, you know, he's had 16 catches, 17 catches, and 13 catches this past week, you know, over 200 yards this week again. He's just been an absolute just animal out there on the field. I I, I, I look forward to turning on their games every single chance I get to watch them because they are, to me, they're the most fun offense to watch in football. Absolutely. I totally agree. We were wondering what that transition would look like coming mm -hmm. from Houston Baptist, even though they did play similar talent last year in the limited uh, opportunities that they did have. But they're looking good, man. They're looking good, even though the spring game looked to be a mirage. I know that probably steered some people away from Bailey Zappi. But those who have him, I know you have a huge smile on your face right now. I'm going to go with Matt Corral, guys. 30 carries for 195 yards. He had 200 yards. But then that last play where he lost yards put him under 200 yards. But 30 carries from the guy. He's busting his knee up. Knee is bloody in the game, late in the game. But 30 carries from Matt Corral. The guy isn't – again, this isn't a service academy quarterback. Now, this guy's, this that guy's got some grit. He's got some toughness to him. He's I like tough, it. tough, man. Yeah. This isn't Georgia Southern. This isn't the triple option, the old Georgia Tech offense. This is Lane Kiffin, push the ball down the field every chance you get. Matt Corral, 205 pounds, 30 carries. Unbelievable, man. He's about, about to make me drop old Jerry on Ely, man, because <laughs> Ely just ain't getting he just ain't he just ain't getting his hands on the ball. Like, man, can you can you give it to him a couple times? Like Come Not on, when the quarterback is getting 30 carries. It's yes. hard to get the ball. And you, you've got three uh, three running back rotation with, yes. with uh, uh, Ely, Snoop with Connor, and with yeah, uh, Parrish, Henry Parrish. And then you got Matt Corral dipping his hand into the bucket now. Yeah, pulling Ely. out 30 carries. It's just not a lot of carries. Yeah, Ely might be out of here, man. He might be out of here. <laughs> In the backfield. Guys, what performance shocked you this week? Negative or positive? Owens, what you got? Man, I'm not going to spend that much time on this one. We already discussed it. Purdue beating Iowa on their home field. 
That was just that was just shocking. That was just shocking. For for, for me, it's going to be Austin Kendall. Uh 14 for 28, a buck 64, and three interceptions, no touchdowns. Definitely his worst game of the season. Guy's been super consistent every single week that he got to that he's been playing. He sits one week for an injury, rolls into a bye, and then comes out and has this kind of game. Uh, you know, these there's plenty of good options out on the waiver wire. So for me, I'm going to put him on my bench today, this week, and then I'm just going to see what he does this week. Let's let's see if let's see if this is uh, gets back to normal. I agree. That shocked the heck out of me, too. <laughs> Greg Bale against San Jose State. Mm, yeah, Greg Bell has yeah. been lighting it up all year. 19 mm. carries for a whopping 41 yards. <laughs> 2.2 yards a carry. Four points, fantasy points against San Jose State. Yeah. I've got to couple this with Sir Roderick Thompson. The guy is playing Kansas. Mm. One of the worst run defenses in the country. Mm-hmm. And for, 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 for whatever reason, Matt Wells decides to give everybody a rushing touchdown except for <laughs> Roger Thompson. <laughs> everybody has a rushing touchdown in that game. I said start him last week, put the dude in the game, and what happens? Matt Wells decides he wants to play games. <laughs> he wants to play games in the backfield. He wants to get cute. He wants ends around and all of this kind of stuff. Listen, uh, Smith had a touchdown. Donovan Smith had a touchdown. Henry Columbia had a rushing touchdown. Miles Price had a rushing touchdown. Xavier White, who doesn't show up hardly at all, had a rushing touchdown. Listen to this. Eric Azukama, the wide receiver, had a rushing touchdown. This guy can't get a receiving touchdown. And he had the <laughs> rushing touchdown. Eric Azukama on the year. You know how many you know how many receiving touchdowns this guy has on the year? How many? One. Mm. And he gets into the end zone in this in this game. Against Kansas, so Roderick Thompson, thirteen carries for eighty-three yards, doesn't get in the end zone. Shocked me, shocked the heck out of me. I for sure thought that he was going to light Kansas up. Didn't get to do it. Greg Bell also didn't get to do it. Guys, we have come to start and sit. One quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, and if we're starting people, we're definitely sitting people. One quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end. Owens, who you starting at quarterback this week, man? My man Kevin touched on it a minute ago, man. Old uh, Bailey Zappi, man. Uh, I'm starting him, man. Like he's he's a guy, man. You could just pretty much plug and play, man. Forget about him. He's gonna do his thing, man. Um, Zappi the Stern, man, is one of the top uh, connections, man. Quarterback wide receiver in the entire country, man. Florida International, y'all about to get some, man. Y'all about to get a lot of Zappy to Stern, man. It's going to be ridiculous. I hope not, man. Justin Heisey <laughs> is in our home league, and he's playing against me this week. And he has Bailey, Zapp- Bailey Zappy, and I'm sure he's going to start him in this game. Mm-hmm. Better believe I'd be starting 
Yeah, I'll get more than this game in a minute. KB, what you got? Who you starting at uh, quarterback? So quarterback for me this week is Garrett Schrader. Uh, I'm a big sucker for for those big running quarterbacks, the guys that could possibly carry the ball 20 times a game. Uh, he had a he had a rough week against against Clemson, but hey, at the end of the day, most people do. He's playing Virginia Tech this week, and just to give you an idea, of some of the things that Virginia Tech really isn't very good at. They are they are ranked 80th against the run on the season. So, so sub, sub, sub 50, you know, halfway down the, halfway down the line there. So what do we know Syracuse wants to do with ball with Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader? We know Garrett Schrader is not going to push the ball down the field like Matt Corral is. We know he's not an NFL style quarterback. He's going to be a quarterback that's going to be able to hit these RPOs and these play action passes off of feeding off of Sean Tucker. So I think, uh, I think Garrett Schrader has a big day running the ball. And they're also 120th in red zone defense. And when you have a running quarterback around that goal line, this could be one of those weeks to where Garrett Schrader, he might only have 50, 60 rushing yards because Virginia Tech is pretty decent uh, overall as a defense. But he's liable to have two or three touchdowns here on the ground. So give me uh, give me Garrett Schrader this week. I don't want like it. I don't want it because I'm putting Tucker in the game. I, I don't want Shred- <laughs> I don't want him taking all them touchdowns from Tucker. <laughs> I like it because I'm contemplating starting <laughs> in our home league against Justin Icy. Mm. Listen, I'm thinking about Frank Harris, guys. Only 32% on. He's going against La Tech. They are the 128th passing defense in the nation. They're giving up about 314 a game. I like the way Frank Harris is playing this year. The dude played out of his mind a couple games ago. So you see the potential there for him to go off on any given week. With this week passing defense on the slate right here against Louisiana Tech, I think he could, he has the potential to go bananas again. I'm going to go with Frank Harris, guys, quarterback for the UTSA Roadrunners against La Tech. We'll talk well, about some more Roadrunners here in a minute. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Owens, who you got at running back? Running back, man. Brian Robinson Jr., man, versus Tennessee. Um, this guy, man, he just he just picking up, you know, where uh what's the name last year? What's the guy's name from last year? Najee uh, Harris. Najee Harris, he just picking up right where he left off, man. I mean, the yep. guy is just a beast, man. And um, I think Tennessee will score a little bit on on, on Alabama. They're gonna put up some points, but Robinson is going to tear him up, man. He's going to be the workhorse again, man. I think he's just going he's going to get about 150 and two. Owens, that depends on Hendon Hooker's health. Because yes. If, if, if Joe Milton is the guy, all bets are off. Yes, you're right about that. I forgot he was hurt. <laughs> you're right about that. If, if Joe Milton, if Joe run out of bounds on fourth down or, you know, with, with no time on the clock, run out of bounds, Milton, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a spiking. It's gonna be a it's, oh my god. It's gonna get ugly. Yeah, it's gonna be KB, who you got at running back, bro. All right, for me, it's gonna be Kennedy Brooks, and it's all for the reason that you just kind of highlighted for why you were so high on Sir Roger Thompson for, for last week. Uh we just so happened that Kennedy Brooks has has taken over a backfield over the past couple weeks, 20 plus carries in two straight games, uh going over 200 against Texas. I want to say what was it, 144 and a touchdown last week. Uh this offense looks good. The only downside to this matchup is the fact that he may only be out there a half, but they are they are so terrible against the run. Like like you said, it's uh, 128th against the rush. Uh, they're dead last in red zone defense, and they're uh, 
They're 130th for tackles for a loss. So Kennedy Brooks, before contact is even made with him, he's going to be in plus yardage every single time he touches the ball. Uh, and you you got to expect him to be able to touch it 17 to, to 22, 23 times this week before the starters get pulled. Absolutely. I agree with that. I like that. I'm going to start him. Uh, I'm going to go with Hassan Haskins, man. Mm-hmm. The guy is playing against Northwestern. Horrible defense. Uh, Hassan Haskins, 34% on. Northwestern, 117th ranked rushing defense in the country, giving up about 205 a game. Mm-hmm. 14 rushing touchdowns they've given up in six games. Hassan Haskins has had only one bad game statistically, fantasy-wise, this year, and that was against Wisconsin, who has one of the best-run defenses in the country. Mm-hmm. Northwestern is on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> Again, they are 117th against the run. I think Hassan Haskins has his way against the lowly, woeful Northwestern Wildcats run defense. I think he'll have about 100-plus and two touchdowns this week against Northwestern. The fighting Fitzgeralds are not fighting too hard against the run this year. I've got Hassan Haskins starting at running back. Mm-hmm. I already got him in the game. I can't wait. oh man the wide receiver i'm gonna start calvin austin the third the third versus central florida man austin is that dude man i you just gotta say it calvin austin is that dude you know he had a he had a uh we thought he was gonna struggle against tulsa man He, he proved us wrong 13 catches for 200 yards. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, man, Austin, Calvin Austin is that dude, man. He's going to do his thing again. Central Florida is not this is slow Memphis down. If anything, it'll be a shootout. And uh, I look for Calvin Austin to have another big game this weekend. I hope so. KB, what you got? And for me, I'm going to piggyback kind of off what you what you went with Frank Harris. It's going to be the UTSA wide receivers. Uh you know, there's for some reason people really hate uh, Joshua Cephas for for UTSA. I can't, I don't understand it. Uh, he's one of my favorite players to start because I know exactly what I'm getting, dude. I'm going to get close to 20 points out of him every single week, locked in. I can take it. That gives me the freedom to take a couple other shots with some high upside guys because I know I got a little safety blanket right there. But just to kind of give you an idea, man, he's 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 been. I know I got my notes around here somewhere. He's been absolutely dominant over the past several weeks. Uh, his his last couple games, you know, he's had 18 points, 23 points, uh, and 20 points. You know, last week he was four for 63 and two. That's his lowest catch total of the season. Uh, last, like I said, last week he had 20 points. He's he's like locked in for eight for 80 and a touchdown every single week. And then on the other side of the field, you've got uh, a <clears throat> excuse me, lost my place over. You got Clark. I can't pronounce his first name at all. I, I will I will absolutely butcher it. I think. Uh, I didn't even put it in my notes over here, but he's a, uh, but he's a big play kid right there. So he's one of the guys that whenever he gets hold of the ball, he's liable to have 160 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he had seven catches for a buck sixty and three, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, with Louisiana Louisiana Tech being so bad against the uh, up against the pass, like you said, 128th in passing yards allowed, 114th in red zone defense. So they're giving up plays in the red zone. And then, you know, they're 70th on third down conversion. And I actually like that more for your Frank Harris start for the fact is with him being a running quarterback, when they can't get off the field 70% of the time on third down, 
man, that keeps offenses out there and that keeps them stacking up points. And for, for Frank Harris, he's going to bust some big ones. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. 128th against the pass, giving up about 314 a game in the air is Louisiana Tech. They are atrocious against the pass. Guys, I've got to go with Tyrese Chambers. 46% on. You got to get this guy. He's versus Western Kentucky. Max Borton Slogger. They're going to have to keep up with Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is about 119th against the pass. 278 a game. They're giving up for an international. Get this. Number three in passing yards per completion. 18 and a half passing yards per completion is Florida International. So they are a big play offense, very, very explosive, and they're going to need to be against Western Kentucky, who's slanging the ball all over the field on everybody they play. Tyrese Chambers, he's not peppered with targets. He doesn't need to be. Last game against Charlotte, three catches. Get this, guys, 201 yards two passing touchdowns or two receiving touchdowns, three catches, 201 yards, two touchdowns against Charlotte. Charlotte's a horrible pass defense. Um, Their opponent, Western Kentucky, is comparable to that. I'm not saying look for three and 201 and two, but I'm also saying don't look for it. Yeah, don't not look for it. <laughs> don't not look Cause, for cause it. Because it might you might you might find it if you if you peek you for might it. Find <laughs> you just might get another three for two hundred plus and two touchdowns. The guy has a big play waiting to happen. I mean, almost every game he's catching big plays somewhere in this offense. Very, very explosive in the passing game is the Florida International Panthers. Tyrese Chambers again, only what did I say? 46 percent uh, 40, uh, on versus Western Kentucky guys. You got to get him in, a, in your in your lineup. Only like who you got a tight end? Man, my man Trey McBride, man. Um, versus uh, Utah State. Utah State is horrible. They are eighty first. Against the pass, giving up 234.8 passing yards a game. Trey McBride has been on a tear, and he's one of the best tight ends in the country. Um, and I just look for him to continue to roll, man. He's gonna he's like last last week, seven catches for 135 yards. I mean, he's he's has nothing less than no less than six catches a game. Um just the top target out there, man, Colorado State, man. Look for Trey McBride to continue to roll this week against Utah State. And for me, I'm going to go a little deeper in the, down, the, down, down the honey hole here. It's, uh, it's Jack Beck from LSU. Uh, so, and he's, he has both wide receiver and tight end eligibility on, on fan track. So that's why he's here. Uh, last week, LSU, uh, when, when he played, they scored 42 points. He didn't put up any crazy stat line, nothing special. It was only two for 20, but they threw the ball to like seven different wide receivers out there that game. There was a lot of people just having a couple catches. This guy right here, this is more of a streaming tight end. If you got, if you need a tight end this week, there's a lot of buys out there. 
you need a tight end this week, you can you can chuck him in a lineup and you you may get lucky and you may have you a, a long bomb touchdown because they're looking for somebody to replace Boutte, and that's going to be pretty tough to do. And I'll take my shot on the wide receiver that has that little tight end right next to his name so I can slide him in that tight end slot and not have to sacrifice my wide receiver slots. Absolutely. Love both of those picks. I'm going to go with Jelani Woods, man, tight end for Virginia. Uh, Brennan Armstrong is slinging the ball all over the place every single game. That's all they do, the Virginia Cavaliers. That's all they know how to do. They can't run the football. I don't even know if they care about running the football. They pass this football like nobody's business. They look like an air raid. Um, and Jelani Woods is going to be on the receiving end of a lot of those passes from Brennan, Brennan Armstrong. Having a phenomenal year. The guy uh, really doesn't get inserted into the game plan until week two. And you see he goes bananas in that particular week. Five catches for 122 and a touchdown against Illinois. The guy has caught a touchdown in every game since then. He missed the game against Miami, but he comes back because of uh, injury, missed the game against Miami because of injury, comes back, catches a couple balls, but he gets into the end zone, kind of working him back into the offense against Duke, five catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown. The guy gets Georgia Tech this week, will be needed. The passing game seems to be back on track to where it was when they were clicking at its highest. Dontavian Wicks is healthy. Jelani Woods seems healthy. I'm going to start Jelani Woods at tight end for the Virginia Cavaliers against Georgia Tech. That's it for our starts right there, guys. But the flip side of that coin, you've got to sit some guys. Somebody's butt is going to be warming the seat in your fantasy league. These aren't necessarily guys that we own. Some may be. But we encourage you, if you own these guys, to strongly consider other options. College football is 130 teams, and there are so many options. Even though KB touched on it, this week is a big week for bye weeks. Last week and this week, very, very big week for bye weeks. But there's still plenty of meat on the bone as far as the options that we have access to and CFF. But we're going to sit some guys because either we don't like the matchup, we don't like who they're, we don't we don't we don't like what they've been doing, we don't like how they've been used. We're not telling you that you better sit these guys. We're just admonishing and encouraging you to look <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> Owens who you got, man? Who you sitting? Whose butt are you sitting at the quarterback position? Man, Dorian Thompson Robinson, UCLA versus Oregon. You know, uh, a couple weeks ago, man, I talked about only our wish segment. Show me who you really are. Um, and he is a perfect example, man. I mean, the guy is so inconsistent. He is so <laughs> up and down that I mean, he'll make you pull your hair out. Um you know, you look at like, 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 for example, you look at Arizona, man. Arizona stink, man. You eight for nineteen for eighty-two yards and a touchdown. What is that? Like, you playing against Arizona? You got, I mean, then you look at Stanford. You like eighteen for twenty-nine, two fifty-one and two. All right, Fresno State fourteen for twenty-four, two seventy-eight and three. You know, I mean, you're like, okay, all right, this is this is the. Uh, 
brother. <laughs> what do you do next, <laughs> brother? Listen, man, I, I I can't trust him. Um, because you know I don't know who I'm gonna get. I don't, you know, especially against the Oregon team. I I wouldn't even take the chance. Like, there's got to be other options out there. As a matter of fact, I know there's other options out there. I wouldn't even look his way, man. I'm sitting Dorian Thompson Robinson against Oregon. I like it. All right. So, uh, so, so for me, it's going to be, it's going to be one of those that's kind of tied to a bye week kind of situation. So there's 23 teams on a bye. I think there's 23. It's, it's somewhere around 25. Um, and a lot of them are pretty fantasy relevant. And here's a guy that's been really playing his tail off over the past several weeks. I uh, got the Purdue Bullermakers into the to the top twenty five for the first time. I think I think I read some since two thousand seven. Um, Aiden O'Connell or whoever is playing quarterback, I don't care, right? So I know there's been some injuries that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, no, I'm out on it. I, I, this this seems like a big time trap game. They're, the, I think I think Purdue ends up losing this game. Uh, right right now they are uh, underdogs, as a matter of fact. So yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go poke the Wisconsin Bear with a with a streaming level quarterback just because a bunch of teams are on a bye week. Wow. Well said. A streaming level quarterback. That's what it is, man. He's not a starting level kind of guy, but this week you're going to have to stream guys to get by, right? I mean, this that is yeah. who he is. You, he's not a guy that was drafted. He's not a guy that you look at and you think, I can't wait to put him in my lineup. No, that's yeah. not that's not what you feel when you, you know, you, when you feel Caleb Williams and you feel the Casey Thompsons, when you feel the Dorian Thompson Robinsons. When you feel those guys, you, you talk about it and think, okay, I can I can start these guys. You don't look at Aiden O'Connor and be like, I can't wait to start you. Can't wait. No, not a chance. <laughs> Let me tell you another guy who you look at and don't think I can't wait to start you. <laughs> Aiden Clovis. <laughs> you do not look at this guy and think I can't wait to start you. He stinks right now. He's going to Notre Dame. <laughs> Jackson Dart should be starting, but he's hurt. Right. He's clearly better than Keith Slovis. That's all I have to say. Sick yeah. Keith Slovis. I want to keep <laughs> that running back. Wow, that's it, huh? Short and sweet. <laughs> that's it. I mean, I, there ain't there ain't there ain't no stats I need to throw out. The guy stinks, period. Oh man. Dude, I'm sitting Evan Hall versus Michigan. Uh man. I mean, I, I really got much to say on that one, man. I mean, Hall, oh, yeah, 25 carries for 53 yards against Rutgers. Yeah, it makes sense because Michigan <laughs> shut down the Wisconsin running game too. Big right, time, so. right, right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's done deal. You All right, well, well, moving on then. So, I got I got Xavier Valade. He's had back-to-back -back really, really bad games. He's not producing nowhere near the level that you were expecting coming in. Now – Granted, he's had a couple of good games, but he's a guy that I'm definitely not going to put in my lineup this week until he shows me pro probably two games in a row worth starting. I don't Can't know that I'm just him. going to trust the first one. Yep. Can't trust him. And, and let's be real, guys. At this point in the season – Probably time to drop him if you can't trust him. It's time to start looking for a championship, uh, championship weekends and that kind of stuff. And he could be one of the guys that you throw out to the waiver wire, because uh, you know I had I had an emergency. I, I had Dontavian Wicks dropped in one of my leagues because the 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 original thought was he was going to miss significant time, right? So so I mean 
as soon as I looked at my lineup, it comes straight Bro. down. It went straight to Xavier Valaday, and he was out. So I, I, I did just, the same thing with Dontavian. Wicks. Yeah, it looked like it looked like it was going to be big time, and here he is going for 120 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> and, I think and, a, and a touchdown. I picked him up in three leagues, guys. Three leagues because he was dropped because I thought he was out for the the season too. And then all of a sudden, I get an alert from our guy over on Twitter. You know, Dontavian Weeks is warming up pregame. Like, holy crap, let me get to my phone right now. Stop. Everybody, shut up. I got something <laughs> to do. <laughs> yeah, I was able, to, do? I was able to scoop him up off waiver wires as a free agent in a couple of places. It was, it was nice. And the guy picks right back up where he yeah, left off. Right off crazy. the 100 and a touchdown for sure. He's crazy. Guys, I'm going to sit this guy. Mr. One Hit Wonder himself, Jordan Myers. You got that right. Yes, sir. Those guys are high on him because he has tight end eligibility. I don't. I was. Care. I was two weeks ago. I'm not in anymore. It, it 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 stung for too many weeks in a row. Now yeah, he's gonna get you beat. Yeah, Mr. One Hit Wonder himself. Listen, Jordan Myers. He's not the 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 Rice running game cannot be trusted, or the road. Uh, the uh, running back rotation cannot be trusted right That's now. That's what I get for starting a rice player in a lineup. Man, I know he bit you hard, didn't he? Twice, two times. Bit you hard. And here's I know the, it hurt. the funny part about it is I cut him out of all the leagues that I had him mm-hmm. after the first couple of weeks and then didn't even get to enjoy the big 50 point game before I picked him back up. And he sucked since then. So it's it's been bad. <laughs> It's been bad. That's what Owens mean by make you pull your hair out. Yeah, I'm going to throw that grenade back out into the player pool, let somebody else fall. Man, let somebody else grab a hold of that with the pin already pulled. Yeah. And and bust your lineup up. Because this guy, you talk about one-hit wonder, he stinks for for a few few games in a row, plays Texas Southern, goes bananas. Yes. And then just right back to reality. Yeah, all I saw, all I saw was championship trophies in my eyes whenever I was trying to pick him back up. And, yes, and I, I've ended up. As a matter of fact, I've ended up losing both weeks in that league because I've got a, a, a goose from my guy Myers. Unbelievable! Got you beat. Got it. We mean that's what so we mean by got you beat. That's how eligible, eligibility is nice. He 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 lured you in. You you yeah. have you know. You, Stars in your eyes, you yeah. twinkle in your eye, <laughs> and he's exactly bit right. You. Exactly he right. Bit you. He's like the Sour Patch Kid. Start off sweet <laughs> and end up sour. Yeah, sour. Yes, he's horrible. He's playing UAB. This is a top twenty-five defense against the run. Only hundred, uh, one hundred and ten yards rushing per game. They're giving up. As if you need any incentive. Uh. If you're just looking at his production, that should be incentive enough to not start this guy. He's so inconsistent. Uh, I don't know what Seth Luttrell is doing down at Rice, but the running game is so inconsistent alone. So it's not just Jordan Myers sucks, but he's just not getting the opportunities consistently. Because some games he'll have a gang of carries. And then the other games... You're like, okay, they're 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 sharing it and they're spreading the ball around. What is going on? I thought he was the guy. Let me read you some numbers. Seven carries against Texas, 26 carries against Texas Southern. This is the guy, I mean, this is the game that made everybody 
run out to the waiver wire, fight to pick him up. My man KB was one of them. Came back 10 carries against Southern Miss. And then last week, seven carries. I'll tell you how hard I came back for him, Farnsworth, is uh I traded Garrett Wilson for the number one priority that week to the guy. Because at the end of the day, my wide receivers are loaded up, and I thought I can can live without one of them. I can do that. You know, my wide receivers in that league right now are are, uh, Dante Sevis, Makai Polk, Dontavian Wicks, and then down on the bench I've got uh, uh, Dontario Drummond, uh, Vilas Jones Jr. So I could I could afford to lose one, and yeah. Oh, and let me go ahead and clear this up. Before that, I had Kayshawn Butte and Jordan Whittington both get hurt the week after I traded away Garrett Wilson to get that clown. So oh, he bit yeah. him hard. <laughs> yeah, I hold you. I hold. I heard you talk about that on the podcast about how. Yeah, man, we traded him away. It stung, bro. It stung bad. <laughs> He bit this guy. Hard. Oh my gosh! All right, I, I didn't carries. mean to interrupt. You go ahead, finish up, my man. Seven carries. That was worth it. Seven carries for twenty yards against UTSA. You gotta. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta sit Jordan Myers against UAB. You gotta give it up, guys. He's a one-hit wonder. Give it up. I know it's hard. You see that that, that forty-plus points, forty-four points, depending on how you score your league. And you think he's got to have more in him. He's got to have more. <laughs> Give it up. <laughs> you said you say sit him. I say drop him, man. Yeah. Turn him that's, loose. That's probably closer to where it needs to be. <laughs> Give it up. Guys, Owens, you don't have a tight end. You're sitting. You're not sitting. I, I don't have a tight end, man. I don't have a tight end. They're not that important. That's okay. KB, who you got? All right. So, for me – at right, uh, at wide receiver, where are we at? I got lost there for a second. Yeah, we're where? Oh yeah, we are. We are wide receiver. So you messed me up with the tight end stuff. You threw you threw a loop unmute, at me. Unmute your mic, Tom Farnsworth. Unmute you. Unmute you. Oh, there you go. Oh, I'm just talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm just talking. <laughs> that was great. We're on wide receivers, right? Let me yeah, sure. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm over here. I'm over Owens. here clock watching. What's your, what's your wide receiver at? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm clock watching, and I skipped the wide receivers, and I went straight to tight ends. Wide receivers, who you sitting, Owens? I'm sitting Tyler Sneed, man, from East Carolina versus Houston. Uh, Sneed, man, he's he's been uh, pretty consistent, um, but he's facing the Houston defense. He was number six against the pass. They only given up 156 passing yards a game. And uh, Allers, man, he's one of them guys who's also is up and down and consistent. You don't know which one you're gonna get. Um, and, and so, listen, man. I mean, I know it's like I said, Sneed's been consistent, but I just don't think it's going to happen this week, man. He's up against some uh, some pretty pretty stout defense this week, so I'm sitting. Tyler Sneed versus Houston. And for me, it's going to be it's going to be all the OU wide receivers, maybe outside of Jaden Hazelwood. He seems to be uh, looked at around that goal line. You know, had five catches for I, th- I want to say it was 68 yards and three touchdowns last week. Uh, I think this is going to be a game where Oklahoma really dominates on the ground. That's why I got Kennedy Brooks up there as the start of the week at running back. Uh, 
I don't know if they're going to need to throw the ball much with either Caleb Williams. Maybe you get some garbage time stuff if Rattler comes into the game, or maybe he doesn't even play Rattler. But none of those starting guys, those Marvin Mims, the uh, the Jaden Hazelwoods, the Mike Woods, I'm not I'm not going to start those guys just for the simple fact is it it could be a blowout early and they're not going to throw the ball from the first quarter on. You know they might they might throw the ball. I can see this being a 15 pass attempt type of game for Caleb Williams with 150 rushing yards and then Kennedy Brooks doing the same thing. They just they just won't need it until they're up up high enough to be pulled. I like it. I'm going to sit Devin Tompkins. This guy's been lighting it up. I mean, lighting it this up. Is, this is aggressive right here, Farnsworth. I, I dig it, man. This is planting your flag on the ground. This guy's been incredible this year. He's like the wide receiver three. I saw this on it. I thought, oh, my God, why would you sit this guy? So so sell me on sitting Devin Tompkins. Listen, man, the guy has been lighting it up all year long. He has been a revelation because, you know, you got your man Blake Anderson coming over from Arkansas State. And, you know, they're, they're, they're running this high-powered, high-flying fast-paced offense, and you're thinking, who's going to be the man in this offense? Well, typically in a Blake Anderson offense, you've got the bigger guys, right? You've got the uh, the guys, uh, the uh, the six-foot and over, 200-pound, yeah, mm-hmm. Omar Bayless, and then mm-hmm. my guy last year just lighting it up. This, is, this guy's of a different mold, 5'8", 155. I mean, has been completely lighting it up for Utah State had what one bad game this year against Boise State four catches for 60 yards they didn't let him in the end zone Colorado State is a sneaky defense yes they are they are feisty yes they are I don't know what your guy from Boston College is over there doing with those guys Steve Adazio but they are they are number 21 in the nation against the pass only giving up 187 a game against the pass they're only giving up like 11, uh, 11 yards per play. I mean, these guys are, 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 are sneaky good. I don't like this matchup for him because I think they bother Logan Bonner enough. I think they bother him enough to, uh, to, to affect Devin Tompkins. So that's, that's why fair. that's a good plus. Point. The way they play on offense, they are a ball control team. Utah State gives up over 200 on the ground. I picked Charles Williams as my starting running back last week. He went bananas against Utah State this week. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. David Bailey is going to have his way this week against Utah State. Steve Adali, I'm telling you, ball control. They're going to keep Logan Bonner off the field for most of the game. I don't see Devin Tompkins having a good game this week. I've got to sit him this week because I just don't like the matchup. And you said 21 against the pass, they 14th against the run. So they 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 pretty good. They got a pretty good strong defense. Sneaky good over. defense. Yes. Sneaky good defense, man. Yes. Shock you. I mean, yes. they'll, they'll they'll shock you like Colorado State. Yeah, man, they yes. make people struggle. Yes, they, they do. They they make people struggle. All right, Owens, you don't have a tight end. KB, you've got a tight end. We tried to get into this a minute ago. It was my fault. I was rushing. <laughs> uh, it's kind of piggybacks off what you said a few weeks ago, man. Uh, uh, Lucas Kroll from Pitt. You know, he started out really great during the season. He really fell off the map over the past couple games, and he's got Clemson this week. Uh, I think Pittsburgh has a chance to win. But if I'm going to 
I just don't know that I want to risk my tight end spot. There, there's like, like we said before, there, there's enough teams out there floating around to where I can pick up and stream the tight end for a week that's got a little better matchup than one, one of the best defenses in the country. So, yeah, Lucas Kroll for me at Pitt. We'll put him on the bench. I've got to go with Garrett Prince, man. Rice is right there in the middle of the pack, uh, maybe on the lower end as far as passing defense in the country. But Garrett Prince has been on a downslide. He started the season kind of hot uh, for the uh, UAB Blazers, man. But here, here lately, it's like it's almost like uh, Hopkins really hadn't been looking his way too much. So, looking at that, Garrett Prince, man, he again he hasn't been producing like he was at the beginning of the year. He's on the downslide. Mm-hmm. Uh, one catch in each of the last two games, two catches in the game before those two. Before that, the guy was lighting it up, man. The guy had, you know, three catches for 64 yards in the first game. Then he came down against Georgia, one catch, four yards, throw that out. Everybody's coming down against Georgia. Even some NFL teams will come down against Georgia, I think. And he goes out against North Texas, three catches, 136, and two touchdowns. Tulane, six catches, 65, and two touchdowns. And then it's downhill from there, two catches, 30 yards, one catch, 24 yards, one catch, 34 yards. He did get in the end zone last week, but I don't like this matchup, and I don't like this trajectory of his usage in this offense. Um, I think because Rice is so bad against the run, and uh, your boy out there running back is starting to – get his legs under him after fumbling his way into, you know, a timeshare. Time with, share. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Brown? Burton. Uh, Burton. Uh, is it Burton? Is it Jermaine it's, Burton? It's Jermaine Brown. Brown. Jermaine Brown. Brown. Yeah, yeah. Fumbling his way into a timeshare with uh, Jermaine Brown. But, uh, but, but, but Dwayne McBride is starting to get going. Last mm-hmm. game, 17 carries, 137 and a touchdown against a – Solid Southern Miss run defense. I think they're going to pound Rice because Rice is just – they're wide open and they're inviting you to pound them yes. based on their numbers. So I've got to go with uh, sitting Garrett Prince in this game. All right, guys, we have come to the fan favorite. This is a request almost every single week. We get messages on this particular segment of the show. <laughs> it's an opportunity for us to blow some steam. We're about to get with, a little bit here, boys. Yeah, with whatever <laughs> is uh, ailing us, egging us, frustrating us, poking at us. We get to blow some steam with this. <laughs> Are you guys ready? The I Wish segment is on deck. Owens, you ready? I'm ready. KB, you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do it. I wish, I wish, I wish these coaches, can y'all please give us the real truth about the players before 
the actual game start. Like, like we got an injury take place, and you say, okay, the players been out, let's say a couple weeks or whatever, and you say they're warming up, they're gonna start, they're going to start. And you're telling us that, and then we put them in a the game, and they don't even see the field, or you tell us they're they're not quite ready to play and we sit them and then they they start the game and they go for 202 <laughs> like wait 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 a minute you know give it to us like don't, don't try to don't don't take us out i mean we're we're we're, we're fantasy players like we we want it we want the truth so that we can put these players in the game we, listen you have people drop wicks Last week, because you had us believing that he was done for the season. Give us the truth. That's all we ask for. Before the game, not not during the game, not during warmups. It's too late. We can't put him in the game by then. Before the game, let us know so that we can get ready to play these players. Thank you. All right. So for me, fellas. It's going to be, I'm going to change the name of the segment to I hope instead of I wish. I hope Tennessee fans don't win another effing game the rest of the season. These guys are bushly throwing all that garbage out onto the, on the, into the, into the, onto the field because you didn't get a call go your way when it was obviously the correct call to begin with, you crybabies. Me being a Tennessean, I'm embarrassed to even say that I live in the same state as you losers. I hope every single game you play from here on out the rest of the season, you get your brains beat in because I've never, me personally watching a game, I've never watched a game to where it killed me. It killed my entire mood, my entire vibe so quick. Sitting on the couch, having a good time, had a couple shots flowing, you know, enjoying myself. This happens. I end up passing out on the damn couch and can't even watch the rest of the night of football because this stupid stuff chewed up 45 minutes of my night because you guys are losers. I hope you don't lose another game. He hopes they don't win another game. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I was too wound up. I'm with you. Horrible. Classless. Classless. Totally classless. Listen, this is what I wish. We're an OU. Uh, we are OU fans here, except KB, of course. He's K hook him on Twitter. You'll hear that in a minute. <laughs> right, right. But Owens and I, this is called Sooner Nation for a reason. And that's because we're OU fans. We've been OU fans for the longest. Yes, sir. So if anybody's going to talk trash about my team, it's going to be me. <laughs> yes. I wish that they would somehow ban cushion coverage. <laughs> I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of getting burnt by it. Teams don't even respect you because of the cushion coverage. Fourth and 13, so what? We're gonna go for it. You ain't blank. We're going for it. Breach! Fourth and 15, we don't care. Listen, it's three, what is it? Third and four, and you're seven yards off the ball. What's the point? Get up there, man. Get you some of that. What are you running for? You're seven yards off the ball on a third and four. And then you start backpedaling as soon as he snapped. What are you doing? <laughs> Preach. Are you scared of the slant? You're so scared of the slant. 
you are okay with giving up the first down as long as you don't get beat over the top. That is a ridiculous way to live for any college football team, especially for a, air quote, national championship contender. Ooh. <laughs> I wish they would ban the cushion coverage from the Oklahoma Sooner campus. I'm tired of looking at it. I'm tired of getting burnt by it. Teams don't respect you. They don't have anything for you or any respect for you on fourth down, third down, nothing, because they know they're going to get it. It's ridiculous. It's on tape now. (laughs) So they know what they're getting when they go into the game. They know (laughs) if that corner is off eight yards on third and five, we're throwing a slant easy first down. The defensive pass rush is, is neutralized because of three step drop balls coming out, easy first down. Yeah, I'm done. That's all I got, guys. Nice. Ban the cushion coverage. Yeah, you're preaching right there. Get we We're, we are right on time as far as Anchor by this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> An hour and 30 minutes into the show, hour and 36 minutes to be exact. Guys, you got any final remarks before we before we're done? I didn't want to add anything else. There was <laughs> I could have added. Right. Owens and I are working on new segments, but uh, there's plenty we could have added. But we knew that this would be more than enough. Anything you, you want to add before we get out of here? Of course, KB, we're going to have you give your uh, info. But anything you want to add before we get out of here, guys? Man, I want to tell Kevin, man, we appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, it's a pleasure, guys. Really enjoyed it. it. And enjoyed it, man, and have fun, man. Always a pleasure, man, when you stop by, man, and and uh, do this thing with us, this college fantasy football oh. thing with us, man. So, so closing remarks for me. My sign is made at home. Wasn't able to get to the corner of the street. Yeah, to the there bed. And, uh, I forgot. We, I, we oh. totally forgot till the end of it. So, so me, me and uh, me and my man Farnsworth up here had a bet. I've got the hold of an, an eighteen twenty four yard sign over the head at my local Walmart, which is probably the busiest intersection in town. Uh, I'm going to sit out there for about an hour. Hopefully uh, get you guys some good pub. I got, I'm got. i going to have at, at Sooner Nation. I'm going to have everybody's Twitter handles on there. I'm going to have your podcast uh, information on there. Try to do a little advertising for you boys off of the uh, off the Oklahoma Texas Red River loss. I love so, it. Uh, yeah, so I got my I got my sign made. I had to get somebody to make it for me because my my handwriting's not worth a damn. So, but I but the 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 the, the debt will be paid soon, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. What does it say? It's going to say. Uh, uh, what did you say? It said I actually I actually sent it to her to, to to get her to make it. Hold on one second. I got to look at our message. I forgot what I said. Uh, uh, no, it's it's the Sooners own the Longhorns, and then up underneath it, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to the Ankle Biters Ankle Biters podcast, and then underneath that, have everybody's Twitter handles on it. See if we can't get a little bump while we're out there. Uh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Absolutely, absolutely, man. I was I was I was so I'm not gonna say what I was during that game, man. But I lost my voice. If you didn't hear the box, I did. Yeah, I heard it next week. Last week. I lost my voice. <laughs> Because I, I was screaming so much, man. I was I was about ready to tell my wife because she's the uh she's the craftsman of the home. I was get about, ready for that sign. Man, I was about <laughs> ready to tell her, baby, just go get the materials. <laughs> I did yeah, she, a, oh, see she's right here. She said I actually did say it. So she remembers. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's a that's a good bet too. It's uh it's not 
you know, I, the, the singing the fight song is fun and all that stuff, but I'm, I'm more about the public humiliation uh, yeah. round of things. I don't, I don't care to bet money that much anymore. Like I said, I try to keep myself under control with it, but, but to, you know, have to walk through a Walmart and, you know, dressed in a dress grocery shopping because you're the fantasy football loser for the season. I'm all about that stuff. So for, for this, <laughs> Stand out on the side of the side of the road, get you guys a little bit of pub, fleet publicity. I think it'll be, I think it'd be good for a good cause. So I, I'm good with it. Love you, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. Being a man of your word, a man of integrity. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. A lot of people would have ran, and we, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have heard from them for a couple of months, man. man. Especially busy. Especially oh, after, been... especially after losing like that, man. Come on. Where you been, man? I, hey, man, I've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been busy. Uh, <laughs> that's it for me. That's it for, for my co-host, our special guest, KB. KB, tell the people where they can find you, man. Yeah, you can only find me on Twitter. That's the only social media that I got. It's at khookum. Um, uh, we have the Campus to Campus podcast. Uh, me and my man, JD. Actually going to give my guy, JD, a shout out here. Dude is absolutely killing it. Check him out for with his price picks. He is at uh, at Yonkers CFB. Uh, if you if you if you look me up on Twitter, you'll see you'll see me and him interacting all the time. So at K Hookem for me at Yonkers CFB for my co-host over on the on on our show. And uh, we'll and anytime you guys are ready to have me back on, I'm more than willing. Absolutely. Make sure you hit him up, interact with him, follow him. Yes, sir. Make sure you listen to the podcast. Subscribe to that podcast. Campus to Kenton. I listen to it every single week. I love JD. He got me on prize picks. I got Owens on prize picks. We yeah. can't wait for this week to come about yeah. so we can win some more money. Make sure you connect with these guys. Excellent follows. Until then, next week, I'm out. Peace. Peace. <laughs>